Let us remember we are always and everywhere in the holy presence of God. Hello, this is Rick and welcome to the Presence Podcast. This is episode number 10, year two. Astute listeners and regular listeners will probably notice the echo in the recording. It's because it's lunchtime, I'm in my classroom, and I am recording this before my very short, very brisk 25-minute lunch ends in, well, 13 minutes. But I am glad you are with me wherever you are, whenever you are, for me to share with you how I kept my eyes, my ears, and my soul open yesterday, Thursday, to experience the presence of God. This week, with my religion classes, I have been praying with the U.S. Catholic bishops and the entire U.S. Church during what is known as National Migration Week. Now, I don't know the history of this week. I don't know how long the church, American U.S. Church, has been celebrating, remembering this week. I also don't know if the fact that it comes the Sunday after Epiphany and before the Sunday which we remember Jesus' baptism, the day after tomorrow, I don't know if that's intentional. I hope it is, because it would be a reminder to us of what the three wise men mean. These are foreigners who come to a foreign land, Judea, Bethlehem of Judea, and we see a different kind of king, Jesus, the newborn, whose own family, Mary and Joseph, his parents, are immediately after the wise men, the Magi, their departure, are going to become refugees themselves. They're going to flee into Egypt in fear of their lives and justified fear of their lives because Herod slays the baby boys in the area where Jesus was, becomes a refugee himself. So the church, in its wisdom, her wisdom, says this, and this is right from the U.S. Catholic Bishop's website, usccb.org. It's actually a justiceforimmigrants.org page. You can link to it from the usccb.org. This is what it says in describing this week. Unfortunately, in our contemporary culture, we often fail to encounter migrants as persons and instead look at them as unknown others, if we even notice them at all. We do not take the time to engage migrants in a meaningful way as fellow children of God, but remain aloof to their presence and suspicious or fearful of them. During this National Migration Week, let us all take the opportunity to engage migrants as community members, neighbors, and friends. So, it continues. What I also find, and what I've been doing with my students this week is, today, actually, right now, and earlier this week, is praying this fear, this prayer, excuse me, I'm I'm looking at the prayer here, that's right here in the first line that I'm going to read. It's a prayer for migrants and refugees, again at usccb.org, their subpage on prayer and worship. And I'm not going to read the whole prayer to you because I really will encourage you, and maybe I can even tweet out the link to it, encourage you to take a look at this page. And here's what the prayer asks Lord Jesus, help us by your grace. Banish fear from our hearts that we may embrace each of your children as our own brother and sister. 
to welcome migrants and refugees with joy and generosity while responding to their many needs, to realize that you call all people to your holy mountain to learn the ways of peace and justice, to share of our abundance as you spread a banquet before us, and to give witness to your love for all people as we celebrate the many gifts they bring. So this is what I've been praying with my students today. And as I've said before, I feel very blessed to be in a school where there are students who are recent migrants, recent immigrants, where there is a diversity of people and backgrounds, and where there is a commitment to moving beyond some of the fears that so to, so much of our society today hold within them. Stay with me, if you will, through the break, and I will share with you afterwards how I experienced migrants yesterday in a personal and actually very common way where I live. Well, thanks for staying with me through the break. So I was thinking about this National Migration Week yesterday evening as I was leaving the library in my community. So I live in Columbus, Ohio, which actually is nationally the second highest site for Somali refugees. Many of them came here 15 or so, maybe 20 years ago, when Somalia was devastated by famine and civil war, and many of them now are settled into the community with children and these children go to uh, the school in the smaller town city outside of Columbus where my children go to school town is called city is called Westerville and the Somali population is quite high in my children's high school and last night I was thinking of this as I was leaving the library and was behind three girls Um, two of them were probably 13, the smaller of the smallest of the trio, there were three girls actually, Um, the smallest of the trio was probably eight or nine years old, and each of them wore a hijab. And I don't know that they were Somali per se, but you know, from the looks of them and the fact that we have a pretty high Somali population, I can, I think, rightly hypothesize that they were. And um, being behind them, actually, the smallest of the, the three um, had a very sparkly backpack that I was uh, admiring as I walked behind them, a few steps behind them. And again, I was struck by how common of a sight this is in my community. You see women, girls with hijabs all the time. And some of the hijabs are quite beautiful, colorful with, you know, multi-colors and just very, very attractive and striking, really. And how it is just part of the acceptance of the other in my community. And, you know, when you see people on a day-to-day basis who are different than you, it can't help but help you to break down some of the stereotypes, some of the fears, some of the barriers that are driving some from Trump on down 
to demand that we put up walls, literal walls or protective barriers, as they're euphemistically now calling it, um, to try to keep the other out. And this has also been done at the U.S. level by cutting the number of refugees that are allowed to come to the United States, significantly cutting them, even as countries like Syria have a constant flow of people needing to resettle. Central Americans who are coming up to the southern U.S. border are refugees looking for asylum because their lives are in jeopardy back in their Central American war-torn and drug war-torn countries. So again, I, I, I am praying with my students, praying for those people who live in communities that aren't like ours, where the only women that you see in hijabs are on television or in movies or on the news or in propaganda, whatever it might be, driving the fear of the other. I pray for those folks and for their conversion, and I pray for all of our conversion, that we can, with Pope Francis, who stands strongly for migrants, with the U.S. Catholic bishops, stand and say yes and welcome, because that's at the heart of our faith, the heart of who Jesus calls us to be. So, again, this week of National Migration Week ends. Has it been on your mind? What is your community like with the welcoming of migrants and refugees? Where in your day-to-day -day life do you see those who might be considered to you and to your group considered as the other? And how do you see Christ present in those, whoever they may be, whoever those are, how do you see Christ present in them? Thank you, as always, for listening. Blessings and peace.